Garden's coming in. Everything's coming in. I got to cut okra. Did you know I got okra? I got okra ready. I got to pick beans. Pick beans. Everything's ready. Flowers. Talk about the flowers. Oh, this week we got some Baneri Giants. Baneri Giants, yep. We got orange and this yellow is a new color. See that yellow right there? Um, lime, one of my favorites. We got some lavender going on. And the weird thing is, is you use onion scapes and yeah. there's a filler in there. Yeah, these actually are off some leeks. Oh, some leaves. Cool. Yeah. These just sweet. Well, pretty pretty. Pretty pretty. Welcome everyone to the Row by Row Garden Show, best dead gum garden show on the radio and the internet as well. Glad to have you this evening. Mama Hoss in the house and we got a lot of things we're talking about. We thought it would be fitting to talk about drip irrigation. Talk about irrigation, drip irrigation. We're going through all of our systems, give you some insight because you know you're facing a dry year as we are and we just thought it'd be time to cover it because it's working well right now. Mm -hmm. So we're going to cover the ABCs. The ABCs. And look here on the side over here. I don't know if you can see it or not. we got taters to fry. Yeah. We have had taters. Look at that. Yukon Golds to fry. Now this is the way we like to, we like to eat taters anywhere you can. We have eight taters every we night eight taters for the last seven days. <laughs> we have. Your, and lunch too. And uh, your pants have had some potato yeah. shrinkage. My, yeah. The, uh, my My... My breeches have shrunk from, from the uh, potatoes coming in season there. I noticed <laughs> that the other day. Now, this is one of the favorite ways we like to eat them. we got some frying over here. So we'll, she got this little pampered chef thing that well, cuts some things. It's not pampered chef. It's not? What is it? It's, uh, I don't know, I got it at a flea market. It flea good. market? Yeah. Really? Long time ago. It cuts them up, and we call these tater chips. And we love to fry these things, and as soon as they come up, Need to put some seasons on there. I use Dano seasoning. We can put a little salt on there. Make yourself sick off of We love them. And we got some frying over here. This is our fried eddy we've had for years, and we use that to fry them up here. Oh, see? Let me see. Let me check them. See. Stir them up. Oh, yeah, they come along. Now, normally, she likes them a little I like less them like this. than you I like them. Fried like two chips. Burn. Burn. Anyhow, so excuse us if we partake there in the show here because mm -hmm. uh taters is good onions onions we got onions harvested onions got them in storage we got our potatoes in storage got them all done got them all done uh we got uh, speaking of new or products we got a few tom onions left for sale very few we're probably going to run this for maybe another week and we're going to cut it off you still got time to plant them and you can still plant them in the fall if you live down south just make sure with this year that we got coming up that you put them on drip irrigation or some kind of irrigation because they're going to struggle if you don't. It's going to be a dry year. I, I'm convinced of that. So make sure you prepare for that. You can plant them now, harvest them, uh, separate them, plant them again in the fall. Mm. Cucumbers coming in. Cucumbers coming in. Yeah, yeah. We love raw cucumbers. Mm -hmm. yep. Squash. How many ways can you eat squash? Yeah, we could squash I probably got 10 foot of zucchinis and I cannot give them all away. Mm -hmm. Cannot give it happens every year this way. All right, so we got Tom Upline onions. Um, 
Got a few more of those left, and that's going to be it till fall. Now let's talk about drip irrigation. And that's, that's the kind we sell as drip irrigation. There's other types of irrigation, there's overhead irrigation, but we primarily focus on drip irrigation, and the reason is it works so well for the home garden. As you probably well know, what we did years ago is we took the systems that the big farmers and orchards were using, and we brought those systems down and tweaked them a little bit so they would work for the home garden, and it's been a, a great thing for us mm -hmm. here on our homestead, particularly this year. So you took like what they used out in the big fields. Big fields. Yep. And scaled it down. Scaled it down them. and tried to make it simple so that people could, because uh, it can be confusing. Mm -hmm. Scaled it down so that the home gardeners could use it. Uh, you want to talk about some of the advantages? Yeah, let's talk about that. Because it can't. Potatoes. Potatoes. Yeah. So one of the. I get done. I get done. Yeah. Let's take a look. No, just a little bit longer. Alright, uh, let's talk about some of the advantages. One of them is fewer weeds between rows because you're putting the water right on those plants. Exactly. When we first started, we didn't realize what... Let me chew this tater up here. Alright. We didn't realize all the, why we had all those weeds, didn't we? We didn't. We was watering the weeds. We didn't realize what a huge impact this would have on weed control until we actually experienced stuff. But if you think about it, you know, if you're doing overhead water, those weeds will come up in the middles and everywhere else. But if you got that water directly underneath that plant, and you're just putting water there, then your weed control on a dry year is substantially less. Now, on a wet year, it's not going to matter, like we had last year. We had a wet, wet year last year, and some of y'all didn't use your drip irrigation last year because you didn't need it. I was one of them. Mm -hmm. I still had it, but I didn't use it. But some of y'all decided because you told me this, you wasn't going to put it down this year, and you're regretting that decision now. We've used our drip irrigation system a lot this spring so far, and it has been a game changer for us because we got some of the best looking gardens we've ever had. Mm -hmm. I got tomato plants as pretty as you've ever seen. Another thing to it do does, that drip irrigation. Yeah, another thing it does is prevent uh, diseases. Yeah. Those that are caused by the water contact with the leaves. Mm-hmm. Alright, I'm going to take them up. Yeah, so what happens is, a lot of these leaf diseases we have are caused by leaf moisture, extended leaf moisture. And when you water overhead, you extend that leaf moisture overnight. Now, normally speaking, you'll have your dew fall late at night, and your dew falls about 9 o'clock at night. Well, it's normally about 9 o'clock in the morning before that dew dries off. And that's about 12 hours, right? So 12 hours is not long enough for leaf disease. That's down there. You gotta pop a little bit of And we gotta have a little bit of salt. There's some seasoning salt? Yeah, some seasoning salt. And rectal salt. Just rectal seasoning salt will do me. Well, these things are good when they're hot. All right, you so ketchup too. I'm good, ketchup. All right. So 12 hours is normally what you get on a normal night of leaf wetness from the time the dew falls to the dew dries off in the morning. What happens is sometimes we, we water overhead water when we can. So you either water late in the afternoon or in the morning time and you extend that leaf wetness. The reason we water in the morning and afternoon is we don't want that water to evaporate during the day. 
So we, this is human nature here. We water late in the afternoon when we get in from work or early morning. What that does is it extends that leaf witness time from 12 to 16 hours. And when you extend that leaf witness into 16 hours, that's when your leaf fungus problem starts. Mm -hmm. Any leaf witness over 16 hours is, is problematic. That's where you get those problems with uh, black spot or any of those. Now, if we have those overcast days where the dew didn't dry off, there's not a lot we can do about that, but we can minimize that leaf witness by using trip irrigation and not getting that moisture on the leaf. Okay. Another thing is water conservation. I've read... Oh, this is a big one here. ...where you can save up to 30 to 50%. I would argue it was more than that. More than that? Mm hmm Maybe on an average, use 30 to 50% less water. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I mean, think about if you're on city water, how much cost savings that could be for you. Now, even if you're on a well, I'm convinced it'll pay for itself in one season, but you guys are on those water systems where you have to pay for your water, it's a no-brainer to use this drip mm -hmm. irrigation. So where it, it conserves the water, it also prevents you from overwatering. Mm-hmm. Um, saves time, money, decreases labor. Mm-hmm. Those endless hours out there hooking up that hose. Dragging that water hose over your uh, over your crops, getting them damaged. Another thing too, and I, I've noticed this, it's human nature if we got to do a lot of effort to do something other like we got to go get a water sprinkler and move it, we got to go get a water hose and we got to move it. We have a tendency not to water as often than if we just go out there and turn a valve on. Mm -hmm. So if you go out there and turn a valve on, you're going to find yourself watering more often when your plants actually need it than wait until they get to stressing when you go out there and have to move things around and get it popping on. Soil erosion? Soil erosion. You don't get any soil erosion with drip irrigation. Improves seed germination? Yep, yep. So I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah, so think about this right here. Uh, you're putting that water right there, concentrate it. You can keep it wet. Sometimes if I'm germinating seeds, I'll turn it on for 15 minutes. That afternoon, I'll turn it on again for 15 minutes. I'm just wet in that spot right there where those seeds is at, and they pop out of the ground a lot quicker. Fertilizer and nutrition. Nutrient. Nutrient lost is minimized. That was tough on you, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, yep. So you can pinpoint that nutrient. We got this injection system you can pump in there, and you just fertilize what that plant is. You're not fertilizing outside over there where those middles are at. Example of that would be pumpkins. So you can put right there, or watermelons, you can put it right there on the plant, and you're not putting it out, way out there in the middles where it has to struggle to get to it. So you're not, nitrogen runoff is a big thing. You're not having any nitrogen runoff. Mm -hmm. So, and let's talk about versatility. You're not just talking about large gardens or small gardens. Anybody can use drip irrigation. Yeah. So whether it's a patio, a container garden, a raised bed garden. Yep. Yeah, and also we got a timer, so you can put it on a timer. Now this is a problem for us. We got a little trips scheduled in a few days. It always worries me when I'm gone, especially this time of year, who's going to water my garden? So you can put these systems in, put them on a timer. We have a timer. I didn't bring one in here. We have a timer you can set it, you can set it so everything automatically waters while you're gone. You're going to set that up? I may set that up. That would be a good thing to it set would. up. Yep. So, you know, uh, if you got multiple zone systems, it could be a little more complicated. You're going to have to have some similar valves in there. But if you just got one system out there, set up on that timer. Boom, boom, it's going to happen. 
What about disadvantages? <clears throat> disadvantages is, and this is a good one here, and I readily admit what the disadvantages are. It is hard work putting this trip irrigation out. It's aggravating to initially. put it initially. It's aggravating. You, you really need to do it before you plant. A lot of people want to wait till they plant and lay up beside the plant. Look, here, I've done that before. That is not the way to do it. You'll irritate yourself to death. You want to put this stuff out before you plant. Okay, so I got some eight mil drip tape here. On this drip tape, you can see the seam right there on the top. This seam always needs to be pointing up. Now we drip buried this about three inches underground, two to three inches underneath the ground there. So it's out of sight and out of mind. The bug, I mean, not the bugs, but the rats won't get into it. The rabbits won't chew into it. And I don't know if y'all can tell there, every 12 inches on this eight mil tape is these little things right here. That's where your emitters is at. So you always want to put the emitters facing up and we plant, when we're using our planter, we're direct seeding, we plant directly on top of that tape. Mm -hmm. Now, if we're transplanting on tomatoes or peppers or something like that, I would dig right next to that emitter and I will plant it there. So another reason you need to hook that before you plant. Yeah, and the great thing is, when you do that and you turn it on, you'll actually see water kind of wet in the soil every 12 inches so it automatically mm -hmm. marks off your 12 or 24 inches whatever you're going to plant on. Now a lot of people have the misconception that you know okay I got emitters every 12 inches what about this in the middle right here? Well that's pretty simple. If you leave it on for just a little while they will what we call wick together. They'll wet that soil out six inches each way and then you got continuous coverage right there. But if you are using transplants and you just plant directly on those emitters you don't have to worry water near as much. Another question we've got this year is the blue line that was on the old tape. That was on the drip line, the main line. Oh, that was on the main line, not on that, that was on the main line. We used to carry a brand that had a blue line on there. We did some videos talking about that's where you could line everything up oh. and punch your emitters in, but we don't carry that brand anymore. Some of these brands kind of went by the wayside during COVID and everything. So this one don't have the blue line on it anymore, but simply just kind of mark where you want to put your uh, emitters in. The blue line was nice, but it's not, you don't have to have so it. So the emitters face up. Face up and the little tracking, what we call right here, tracking mm -hmm. faces up. So um, you touched on a little bit, but we have a lot of questions. Should we bury or lay on top and why? You can lay on top. But my preference is to bury. And I've done a lot of it. And I'll tell you, if you ever start burying it, that's the way you'll go. Now, I did see one of the gardeners around here. That's a first-time gardener the other day. Now, he did bury his drip tape. But he actually put down some staples on his mainline tubing. I've oh, never yeah, done that before. Down. He put, like, sod staples down to keep his mainline tubing in place. I've never had a problem. I don't put staples down the mount, But I thought, man, that was a pretty good idea. So when you bury it, it helps keep it straight. Yep. Keeps your emitters facing up. Yep. Keeps pest out of it. Keeps the wind from blowing it around. Okay, so that's the eight mil right there. Tape. That is the one we recommend for vegetables. I have got some beans growing out there uh, that I've got the third crop growing on this tape here. A lot of people know, can you reuse it? It's really not meant to be reused. And if you have to to dig it up underneath some particular crops like okra, it's hard to save. 
But I had it underneath some greens, and I was able to salvage it underneath those greens and plant another crop on top of it. So there are some crops that you can plant, use this tape again, because it doesn't get interwoven, the, the roots don't get interwoven, interwoven within the drip tape, and you can salvage it. So I have planted as many as three crops on the same drip tape. If need be, you can actually pull this up, throw it away, and put your new down next but time. I see people like roll it back up, get their I've space done that. ready. I've done that before. I didn't roll it back up, I just kind of pushed it out of the way and put it back down. Yeah. Pick your fur and lay it back yep. down. Yep. You can get the quality of the tape is not what dictates how many plants you can get off of it. What what causes the issue is those things like okra and corn that really wrap around it and it's hard to move it back Very out of the damaged. way. Yeah. Now that was the eight mil. Eight mil we recommend for vegetables. Every time we say this, somebody's gonna order the 15 mil for vegetables because it costs a little bit more and you think you're doing the best thing. That's not doing the best thing. Take my word for it. Go with eight mil tape. It works so much better for vegetables. Now, that being said, we have 15 mil tape, which is thicker and it's a little bit different. So this it's tape, flat. well, it is flat. No, it's not flat. It can be flat, uh, but it's thicker. It's twice as thick as what that is, so it does hold its shape a little bit more. Where's the emitters on it? Right inside this slip here. You feel that right there? Yeah. So this is this is made different here. This has got a little seam on it on the top right there, and you want that seam pointing up. This tape right here has the emitters kind of built in because you can't actually see where those emitters are at. If you used to turn it on, you'll see water seeping out every 12 inches. This is meant for pro, uh, plants that's got a longer lifespan. Asparagus, blueberries, blackberries, things that's gonna be in the ground for five or six years. This is the tape you wanna use. It's a little bit harder to work with. And how long does this last? I, know, I don't know how long it lasts. You, if you was to bury this underneath the soil, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I think it would last years and years and years. But normally it'll outlive the plant that you got, that you work working with it watering. So blueberries example, normally about every seven, eight years we have to redo the blueberries. This will last the life of those blueberries or blackberries. Okay. All right, let's talk about requirements for using our kits. Um, I think we're on the next page. Your taters are bothering me. <laughs> um, well, you eat and I'll read over this. How about that? You have a water hose that connects to a three-fourth inch water right hose. Here. Okay, so this is our, we designed this right here just so it would be simple and easy. This is our filter regulator combo. This is the start of every irrigation system and it's simply a water hose goes right in here. Three-fourth inch or three-fourth inch. Three-quarter inch. Three-quarters. This is water hose right here, water hose threads. Now that on the inside right there is three-quarter inch pipe threads. So it has to be downstream from all the shutoff valves. Mm -hmm. Okay. Pressure PSI should be below 50. Yeah, no. And eight that, gallons that, per minute. Okay, so those are two different things. A lot of people get confused with that pressure and gallons per minute. PSI, which is pressure, has to be below 50 going in this right here. If you're not below 50, then you got the you got the lower below 50 uphill upstream of this right here. We don't carry anything because we have very few customers that have more than 50 pound of pressure. Most wells are preset at the well, and you can see that little gauge there on the well of what your preset is. 
most wells is going to be somewhere around 45 50 pounds which is sufficient for this right here however some of you guys that are on some of these water systems and it's in particular places in the country you can have as high up as 90 psi oh wow yeah 90 psi blow this all to pieces and make it malfunction so you got to be below 50 going in here on PSI. The only way to do that is to get a bigger pressure regulator up here to bring it down under 50 and you'll be fine. Now let's talk about gallons per minute because gallons per minute and pressure is two completely different things. Gallons per minute is the amount of volume that is running through this system. It has to be below 8 and if you'll see on this pressure regulator there it says from right there it says a half which is you got to have a half a gallon per minute to make this thing work correctly and your limit is eight gallons per minute eight gallons per minute anything above that will make this malfunction therefore blowing your lines out and causing the whole system not to work correctly so you got to be below eight gallons and per minute and we have a chart on the website to help you figure yeah that out well to help to figure the tape out yeah but what you do is you simply take a five gallon bucket and try to fill it up and with 15 seconds multiply it by four and you know what your gallons per minute is if you're above eight gallons per minute it's a little bit simpler to reduce that and it is, than it is with the pressure you simply take a valve or whatever you got upstream and cut it down so that you're getting less than eight gallons per minute and you'll be fine but you got to continually do that have it cut down going into the system less than eight gallons per minute and then when you come out here you can there's several different ways you can do this going into your drip system now i always prefer to kind of come out here see i didn't think i bring a tea no i didn't bring a tea i'll come out here and put off a, a tea a short piece of mainline tubing and i go into a tea and i try to set this up in the middle of my my main line so it kind of equals out some you don't really necessarily have to do that you could come out and use a main line like this right here and go into your system or a guy told me the other day he did this right here he simply come out of his system on the end and run all his main line out and then come off that with his drip yeah. tape i've never done that but i thought it's pretty dead gum ingenious mm -hmm. so the next requirement is row length row length it can be a maximum of 100 feet at 12 psi we don't recommend on using on rows longer than 100 feet. So that goes back to your, to your mainline tubing. So you can have as many rows as water as you got. However, you can't come off one line more than 100 feet. That's where your limitation is at. If you got more than 100 feet, you can either go back to the other way and feed back 100 feet, and that way you got 200 feet. Or you can go 100 feet down, run you another main line across there and come off that. And, and what up. happens if you have over 100 feet? And you, you don't have it. enough water coming out of this fitting right here to, uh, to, to make that work. Effectively. So it won't make it to the end. It won't make road. it to the fitting and it won't, be, it won't be equal all the way through. Now that's the great thing. And this is the difference between drip tape and soaker hoses. If, if you've got... 500 feet of this strip tape out, you're going to get the exact same amount out of every emitter. It was designed that way. Where if you're using sucker hoses, as you well know, y'all, it's always very inconsistent. So that is another big benefit is the drip tape is the water is exactly the same on every emitter if you stay under the, uh, the requirements that, uh, that are asked for on that. Okay.
What about row numbers? Did you talk about that? Uh, you can have as many row numbers, as many rows as your water, uh, as your water lets you have. We do have, you talking about that chart on the website. We got that chart on the website and you figure out how many gallons per minute and you can figure out how many tape, how much tape you could run off one zone per, uh, let me get up here. You can figure out how much tape you could run off of one zone. Now there's some ways to work around that if you don't have enough water. So on five, let's just say you got five gallons per minute, which is what most people have on wells. That's what we got. Mm -hmm. You can run 1,250 feet of tape off five gallons per minute. All right, so let's just say that your garden is 2,500 square feet. I mean, 2,500 running feet. You can't run that because you've only got five gallons per minute. Now say me, what shall I do? Well, all you got to do is come off here and tee down and put you a cutoff valve on each side. Now, all of a sudden, you have broken this thing down into two zones. So you can water the right hand at one time and then you can water the left hand at the other time and you simply just broke it down to two zones, but you've doubled your capacity of what you can garden with drip tape with one pressure regulator. On our eight mil, let's talk about our eight mil kit right. for just a minute. If you go on our website here, you can look and see what all is included in that. Enough is included in it. Everything you would need to do 20 rows. You've got what we call 1,500 feet of tape, but you're actually getting just a little bit more than that, but we call it 1,500 foot of tape. You've got all the fittings that you need to do that with. Now all the fittings, once you buy them and keep them clean, everything will last you a lifetime. The only thing that you'll have to buy years from now will be the consumables and the consumables is your drip tape and your mainline tubing. Everything else that you buy, including your filter regular combo, will last for years and years and years. You get a hundred feet of this mainline, mainline tubing, tubing, a filter regulator combo. Yep. Hole punch. Hole punch. Mainline T. I don't have one of those, but yeah. Um two figure eight end clamps. Mm -hmm. Mainline couplings, two of those, 20 drip tape row starts, yep. 20 row ends, yep. four drip tape couplings, and yep. 10 goof plugs. Yep, everything you need. If you're not going to run no more than 20 rows, it's everything you need. So, boom, boom, there it is, a couple hundred bucks. Now, on our 8 mil, excuse me, our 15 mil kit. You get two 750 rolls. Uh, because the, the tape comes in 750 rolls, so we put two of those in the kit, and you get exactly the same thing. Everything else is the same. Same, enough to run 20 rows. Okay. You could run 20, well, let's see, you got 1,500 foot of tape, so you could run 20 75 foot rows. Would be the, the most you could do with the kit is 20 75 foot rows, which is a lot. Okay. Next up is the fruit tree. Mm -hmm. Ordering kit. Yep. So the fruit tree kit is just a little bit different. Mm. The fruit tree kit comes with emitters. Now I got one here somewhere. I thought it, here it is. So with the fruit tree kit, you don't actually use tape. You just use mainline tubing. So you come off your filter regular combo, which comes in every kit, and you go straight into your mainline tubing. You can use elbows, you can use T's, you can use whatever you need to get into your road. 
you would run your rows of mainline tubing down by your fruit trees. You would punch in these emitters. You use that by using this orange punch right here where you punch into the mainline tubing and you punch in that emitter. That emitter does one gallon per hour. What's the difference in the orange and the yellow? The orange is designed for the barb fittings for the drip tape. Oh. And this is designed directly for these emitters. That comes emitters. with the water. This comes with the water kit. Not the yellow one, but the, the one you need. pink one here. I guess you call it pink. So let's just say you've got 20 fruit trees. You could put one of these emitters and then you would come off with the spaghetti tube. You could put one of these and then you hook this to the spaghetti tubing. Goes on this end, Greg. There we go. So it just pushes on there. You got a barb fitting there. And this part goes into your main tubing. You could put one of these and you could get one gallon per hour. Or you could put two of them and you could get two gallons per hour per tree or three or four. You can add as many of these as you want to. So the water comes out. This right here, the end. and you just simply run this up to right next to the trunk where you want it to go. So that the reason for that is you don't have to, we like to bury this, and you don't have to disturb the tree, get real close to it. You can stay away from the tree, run your emitter, run your spaghetti tubing up there close to it. So you get 20 of these mm -hmm. spaghetti tubings. Yep. And you get, how many of these, 20? I think so. I forgot. It's on the website. How about that? So the difference in the... Um... So you could buy, we sell these things, if you got a bigger system, more trees, or you want to add more than one or two or three emitters per tree, just simply uh, buy the extra individual components of those. Okay. So the container watering kit... Is exactly pretty much the same way, with the exception. We have these dripper angles right here. Mm -hmm. And what this does, it works the same way. You run this down on the ground, you punch your emitter in, and you come up into your container. But you use this dripper here, right here. And this dripper fits in to the spaghetti tubing, and this sticks in the container. And that holds the spaghetti tubing up into the container. Where if your dog walks by or something other, or the wind blows it, it doesn't blow this out of your container, it keeps it up there. And your water just simply drips down from this right here. So you could hook up a timer to this too. I Absolutely. Need to, I need you to do that yep. before we go out of town. Yep. So you could hook up a timer to all that and have all that situated. So if you go to the beach for a week, you've got it. We've got it lit. Let's talk about raised beds for a minute because we actually don't have a raised bed kit. Maybe something we do in the future. Mm -hmm. It's been kind of hard for me to figure out how to do it because everybody's raised beds are different. I'm going to try to give just a little insight. So we have this apparatus right here that we have on our website. We sell these individually. This is a, goes from mainline to drip tape. So let's just take for granted that you did have one raised bed. You could come up with your mainline tubing, elbow in into your front of your header of your raised bed, and then you could come over from that and you could either punch in and run two rows down from that, but if you only wanted to run one row down from that, then you would put just this on there, just like that, and then you could put your tape on that end. So basically what this does is it just connects the main line to tape. 
Then when you got to the other end of your raised bed, if you want to go to another raised bed, just turn this around and you got the same thing and you go from tape to main line and you can go down, come back up and go to it. So it's a great little so thing. So the main there. line would be between your beds? Yes, the main line would be between your beds and you could bury it if you didn't want to, you know, above ground, which I think I would probably do because I wouldn't want to be tripping over it. But if you're doing it for a temporary system, you can just lay it on top of the ground. If you want it for a permanent system, which would be my choice, I would bury this. Come up and you could use this system right here to go from tape to main line, tape to main line, and you could just continue that all the way through. You need to come up with a kit. Yeah. Yep. I think that would be great. Yep, raised beds. So there we have folks. Irrigation kits. How about that? Drip irrigation, which is even more better than that. So it conserves your water, keeps those plants happy. And you know what? You'll find this right here. You'll make a better garden in a dry year than you will a wet year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I know it all gets confusing, but we try to simplify it as, as best we can. Go to our website. You can look around. If you ever have any questions on that, shoot us an email or call us, whatever, and we'll try to do what we can to help you. Um. You had a birthday last week. I did have a birthday. And we, I think there were over a thousand people wished you happy birthday. And I appreciate that. It meant so much. It really did. A lot of people cared about you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Somebody sent you in a gift. Yep. Somebody said I was starting to have some issues with my strength, and they sent me in some <laughs> B12. Now, he tried to do it because he, he, he tried to do this sneaky, so he, huh? sneaky where nobody would know, but it actually had his name on the box. <laughs> So a local guy named Andy Webb was trying to be sneaky and sent me some B12 gummy bears, and I've actually been taking them, Andy. Thank you for your concern about me there. <laughs> turning, turning in my later 50s. All right. Yep, time for that old goat. If you've never watched the show before, and we hide the old goat somewhere on the set, and if you spot the old goat somewhere on the set, then you simply send in the location that you think it's at to our customer serve at customerserve at hostools.com. We do a drawing every show mm -hmm. and from last week's show and if we draw your name you send us your shipping address and we send you a coveted gift from Hoss wow. Tools. So this week we've got some extra wildflower mix. Yep. So we're actually gonna draw three names. Three names, mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. So if they answered this week they hit the jackpot. Okay, right. I'll draw the first one. Okay. We have Fairy tale after dark. Fairy tale after dark. Send us your address. All right. All right. And I am going to draw Jeff Clawson. Right there. That name sounds familiar. Jeff, send us your address there and we'll get you some wildflower mix sent out for spotting the old goat. Oh, losing the one there. Okay. And the last one is Clara. Trey House, Trey House. Yeah, put it up there where she can see it. Claire, send us in your address, and you'll be the lucky recipient of some Hoss wildflower mix. All right, corny joke. Corny joke. Um, and this was sent to us, and I forgot to write it down. Who uh -oh. sent it to us? But uh, we'll get you some wildflower seed out too. What does a nosy pepper? What does a nosy pepper do? A nose, jalapeno. What does a nosy pepper do? You almost got it. Jalapeno? He's all up in your business. He's all up. <laughs> you say that just right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so if y'all have any questions on drip tape, 
um, if you're using drip tape in a raised bed and you figured it out or any unique ways mm -hmm. or you just have questions on how you could use it in your garden, put them in the comments. We'll be glad to help you out and answer them. Yep. Let us know what drip tape has changed your garden. How has made your garden better if you've been a user of drip tape. What we're trying to do is convince people to use the drip tape because we truly believe it is a revolutionary. I almost got that out. A what? It is a great way to be successful garden. How about that? All right. That you like that better? better? Yeah. yeah. Tater was missing with me there. All right, folks. Thank you for joining us. I'm going to get into the taters. Now it's time for you to get out there and get dirty.